I got rejected a lot. Mm-hmm. And every creative person I know has gotten rejected a lot. There are very few people who just kind of got plucked from YouTube or whatever right. and onto the stage. Like right. it's it takes so much grit to keep yeah. going. and I've wanted to stop a million times I have stopped a million times Mm -hmm. and I think the only thing that's shifted my um shifted that like when I was so ready to be done and Mm -hmm. I was um you know telling people I'm just gonna quit like no one wants to hear what I have to say I'm just gonna quit you know as though that's like a I don't know I'll I'll show the universe or whatever coming back to creativity as service Mm -hmm. is the only thing that's really kept me going if you Mm -hmm. believe that you have a gift to be in service to others and I think that's what what a creative gift should be um that's the thing that has kept me um persevering came up from all the struggle we still in trenches there's no tomorrow tighten up like some riches see it all on my skin it is so i'm grinning get happy for my own people moving forward now let's get it let's take it back in the day we came up from the bottom made it up to the top like we all won the lotto we all rich in the love ain't got more than enough it can spread the whole masses just trust me this not a bluff just know you're worth it don't settle we not wasting no time but we can't get it back Oh yeah, we gon' be fine. We moving like we on Broadway. Let us get our shine. Already conquered the past. Why there's still a divide? Break down, let's come together. Put one fist in the air. No worries about the outsiders. We ain't got no care. Got the alright, kumbaya. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn. I am your host, and this is the third time I'm recording this introduction. <laughs> the first time. Uh, I played it back and I'm like, that sounds really weird. And I realized that I was recording from the the computer microphone and not the expensive microphone that's hanging in front of my face. And so I'm like, ah, I got to redo it. Then I did it the second time. But then I realized that uh, I quickly pressed the button on the computer, but didn't hit record. And so I got all the way to the end and realized I haven't recorded anything. And so here I am for the third time and I have the microphone in front of me the light's red. Uh, I checked on the settings. We're recording from there. Uh, I see the recording thing blinking on the computer. That means we're recording. So hopefully this is the last time that I have to record the introduction because I don't want to say the same stuff for a fourth time. (laughs) This though is episode number 157. And today we're talking to uh, a brand new guest. Her name is Mari Andrew. And I talk about it in the show, but I came across her work on Facebook uh, through an ad that her publisher put out, like one of those paid uh, sponsored ads. And the book, you know me, like I like a lot of colors. Um, If you follow me on social media, all the graphics I put out for the podcast, they love bright colors. The t-shirts we have at the Heretic Shop are typically obnoxious in terms of their color scheme, stuff like that. I like color. I like that a little spazzazz to the to the wardrobe right i like color and so i came across this book and it's super colorful go to amazon look up my inner sky uh mari andrew m-a-r-i super colorful book uh and she actually now my computer's dinging okay i'm not gonna i'm gonna have to edit that out i'm not gonna i'm not gonna record this again Jeez, glenn get with the program uh, but anyway i came across this book and i'm like wow this book is 
is so colorful. Like this looks so interesting. So I click on the ad, I go to the website, I read about it. I said, this sounds really interesting. I went to look up Mari, found her stuff, more of her stuff online. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta reach out to her. I gotta get her on the show. And she is one of the most encouraging and uh, really inspiring people that I've talked to. She's a very creative person doing great things in the world, but she's like an everyday person. Like I don't usually find that. Usually when I talk to somebody who's doing big things in the world, they don't always feel like in the conversation, like they're an everyday person on my level. Uh, but Mari made me feel like we're, we're on the same playing field, doing the same kind of things, uh, taking whatever we feel is our creative talent, our creative passion, our calling in the world, and we're trying to do something with it uh, in our own sphere of influence. And she really encouraged me uh, just with my own work and uh, my own creative outlets. And uh, I kind of asked her a question about creativity at the end that I think if you're a creative person, whether you're doing music, art, uh, podcast, writing, whatever, uh, I think you will find it very helpful and uh, inspiring for you and and your work. So uh, get ready. We're going to have a really good conversation. Uh, in the show notes, you'll find a Patreon and uh, buy me a coffee, two places to go to support the show financially. I also mentioned the Heretic Shop if you want to buy a t-shirt or a hoodie. Uh, there are some new designs in there and uh, new ones coming. All the money that that shop makes is donated. So in every uh, description of the product, there's a description of a, a person or an organization or whatever, or a group of people. And uh, whatever money that particular item makes gets donated to that person or to that to that group. Now, this sort of doesn't make a lot. It's not like we're bringing in tons of money. Uh, there's some shirts on there that only have sold one, which is like $3. So once it gets to like, maybe I've made $10 or $20 or $30 with a shirt, uh, I will pass it along to that person or that organization. But uh, it all goes to good causes, uh, whether it's LGBTQ, uh, youth centers, uh, Alexander John Shia, somebody who's been on the podcast before, he has a ministry called Quadrado, some of the money goes to him. Uh, Eva's Village is a soup kitchen in uh, Patterson, New Jersey that I used to uh, volunteer at once in a while. So some of the money will go to them. Uh, so all the money is going to really good places to benefit really good people doing really uh, good things in in the world. Special music today is from my friend Young Citizen. Uh, his stuff is on the, on the show a lot because he's a really uh, good friend of mine and somebody who I work with at Apple, uh, someone who I know personally. His number is in my phone. We text all the time. Uh, but he's a really encouraging person. He's doing, doesn't just make good music, but he's doing good things in the community uh, here in North Carolina. And uh, I really appreciate him and his work and his voice and just the energy he puts out into the world. And so uh, I want to use whatever platform I have to get his music out there as much as possible. So he's got some new stuff coming out soon. Uh, so go check him out. Uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Young Citizen, it's Y-U-N-G, uh, Citizen. And uh, go download his music, share it, pass it around, blast it from your speakers, and tell people all about Young Citizens. So all that to say, my friends, uh, this is episode number 157, and it's my conversation with Mari Andrew. Enjoy. Wish I had a mansion. Wish I was dressed up fancy. Uh, wish I on a pot on go with the rainbow by the time Clancy. Uh, wish I had no debt. Maybe then I can't flex. Go and hit a run, I'ma check. Wish I had no other same old speak, I'ma check. Wishing for my people. Uh, wish I had more better leaders. Have enough to make our own land. Name my own picture, we bring our old sand. 
where we live is so bland. So much for high on demand. Tiptoe around doing high lows. Feel like James Brown, let we go in here to dance. Let me talk. At the end of the day, we know who's at a fault. We got our hands up, ready for a box. Undisputed, got the own lock. Champion. Go ahead, call the ambulance. So we said our own ambience. WTG train to go. Let's talk. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're sitting down with my friend Mari Andrew to talk about her latest book, uh, My Inner Sky, subtitled An Embracing Day, Night, and All the Times in Between. So, Mari, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's great to have you. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So, I'll be real with you. I mentioned it before we hit record, but I first heard about you maybe like two, three months ago due to a Facebook ad uh, by your publisher and somehow the algorithms worked in a magical way that they found me. And your book uh, totally caught my attention off our listeners. If you are watching this, it is super bright. I love colors. I love all the loud things. And I totally judged the book by the cover 100%, which they say you should never do. (laughs) But I'm glad I did. Uh, because I read the book and it's super good. Uh, I then went and did some Googling to kind of stalk you and find more things about <laughs> you. And you have a really inspiring story and you're a really inspiring person. So uh, thank you for your work and what you're doing. Well, thanks for hitting that that button on that ad. I'll tell the publisher. It is like a marigold cover, which I, I love. That was the idea that my publisher had. And I just had so much fun watercoloring that. So glad it stood out. Yeah. And you desi- did you design the cover? I did. Yeah. And you do all the pictures in the book as well, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was, that was a joy. I love, love splashing around with watercolors. That's amazing. I love it. So to kind of kick off the discussion, I thought maybe the best thing to do uh, would be, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your, yourself, you know, who are you? uh, What do you do? And some of the highlights of your journey that brought you to this, this colorful place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, this is my second book. This is the book I have always wanted to write. It's Mm. about um, really honoring those in-between times that we're always living in. I, I started thinking, you know, this is a book about, um, I characterized it as twilight times or kind of, mm. you know, transitional season times. These are the times where there's kind of a fuzzy beginning. You don't really know when it's going to end. And then as I, as I started writing more and more of it, I thought that's every time, like right. there's <laughs> no time that isn't transitional. Right. Um, so I started my, uh, writing career a few years ago in earnest. Mm. Um, I lost my father at the same time that I was going through a rough breakup and Mm. um, I'm a big rituals person. So the ritual that I happened to use to move through that was uh, drawing every day. And Mm. I'm a writer, I love to write. So I put a lot of text into my drawings. Um, And that's kind of how I got a, you know, quote platform and I was able to um, write books, which is my true love. Um, My first one was a lot of illustrations. It was about being in my twenties, kind of going on a twisty turning way to to find myself I guess Mm. and then the second one uh deepens uh a lot into um identity and grief and building community in a city and loneliness and human human stuff like that sure you strike me as obviously a very creative person because not only did you write your book but you designed the the cover you did all the illustrations have you always been like a very creative person is always like just a part of who you are since you were a now kid. I would, now I would say that. I think when I was growing up, I thought that to be a creative person meant something very specific. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people feel that way. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to be an artist 
unless I go to art school or something. Right. And then we say, you're an artist if you make art, like that's the <laughs> definition. Um, and I, yeah, I was always drawn to writing and, um, and painting and all kinds of little creative pursuits, but I never thought I was good enough at any one thing to call myself like a creative person, which now yeah. I see as really silly, but uh, there's a lot of messages we get about who's allowed to be creative. And, and I didn't allow myself to for a while until I was 28 and going through this kind of rock bottom grief period. And then it was like, I don't have time to waste, you know, wondering if I'm allowed to be creative or not. I need creativity to, to sure. move me through this time. Yeah, that's really good. So we don't want to give away uh, all of the wisdom and the pearls of wisdom of the book, obviously to our listeners, I want you guys to go to Amazon like immediately <laughs> and, and buy this book. It's really good. Uh, but maybe we could tease our listeners a little bit uh, by kind of drilling down into some of the, maybe the larger themes early on in the book, the ones that struck me that I really want to ask you about. Because sure, I found myself, you could see on the book, I have all these little sticky notes because I was highlighting things I'm like, well, I have to ask you this, I have to ask you, I have to ask you this. But uh, on page 32, you have a quote and I want to read it. Uh, you say, belief in the divine, the extraordinary, the miraculous doesn't have a direct impact on what happens to you. And it doesn't matter. Uh, the belief is transformative in and of itself. The people who gaze and wish upon most likely dead stars probably don't really truly believe that the stars hear them, but the very act of desiring changes something in them. So maybe talk to me a little bit more about this idea of uh, desire and how desiring something in and of itself, regardless of whether or not it's true or factual or whatever, can actually change a person. Like talk to me more about desire. Ooh, I could talk about desire all day long. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that part I wrote, which it's been kind of the continuation of a long thought I've had since I was really little, which was, um, I've, I just kind of have the God gene. I always, I've always believed in God. I, mm -hmm. I've tried not to, and I, that didn't work. <laughs> I've tried many different ways, many different paths to mm -hmm. find God. And I always do. Um, but I could not explain in in rigid or even very articulate terms exactly what I do believe mm. um and I think that's because I don't I'm really comfortable not knowing what's true or not yeah, and sure. by true I mean factual yeah sure um, I know what's true you know it feels true for me mm -hmm. um I know that I am guided by truth but as far as like the facts I don't know and no one knows and I'm really comfortable with that a lot of people yeah. are really uncomfortable with that yeah um and so as as I've been exploring so many different paths and incorporating so much wisdom into my um the the you know accepting so many different types of teachers so many yeah. different ways of healing so many different ways of um of finding the divine mm -hmm. i it is that desire it's that longing that keeps me going like i am mm -hmm. walking the path of desire and longing to get to uh to to know who the divine yeah. is you know, what's going on there yeah and the thing is we're never going to know what's factual because we're humans we're never going to really know mm -hmm. and so i've had to reconcile with this idea of just the longing itself the the path itself is the transformation like yeah. i am becoming a better person because i 
believe these things. I don't know if they factually happen, but I, but I have a lot of belief in that, or I have a lot of faith in that. I have a lot of longing for that. I desire the divine so much. And Mm -hmm. that actually does transform my spirit. It transforms the way that I live and it's so much less relevant to me. What is actually true? Yeah. I had a a professor in seminary actually was on the podcast not that long ago. And he was saying that, um, you know, it's the, we often think it's the destination in terms of understanding God that we're all gearing for, but really it's that pathway and it's the journey of exploration that really begins to, to form you. And he said, you know, just because mm-hmm. something might not be factual doesn't mean it's not true. Exactly. Like something, something can be true at a very deep level uh, yes. all the way to your core, even if it's not necessarily factual. And I think that when we open up sacred books, whether it be the Bible or whatever, and we think about did this really happen or did it not really happen? Like that's not necessarily the point of the story. Not at all. No, I think that's something that uh, Judaism does really well is say, all of this is true. Maybe none of it happened. (laughs) And and there's a, you know, there's like a a really beautiful um, kind of uh, formative formative uh, experience that one has reading those sacred texts that's a lot less um, I mean I grew up in in Protestant Christianity which is all about yep. kind of the facts and trying to find <laughs> Noah's Ark and all of that. No that's not that doesn't happen in uh, Protestant <laughs> Christianity. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. totally fluid flexible people um, yeah so I've, I've had to I've had to go on that journey for sure. Yeah I mean a lot of our listeners you know come from uh, the religious world you know you said you listen to some of the episodes so there's a lot of people who come from the Christian background. A lot of people are stepping out of that more evangelical world, which really insists that, you know, like the Bible is this inerrant word of God. It's factual. Um, everything that it says happened exactly the way that it says. And I was raised in that, in that yeah. culture. And so yeah. I think, I think that opening line of that quote is just really freeing belief in the divine, the extraordinary uh, God, whatever you want to call it doesn't have a direct impact on what happens to you and it doesn't matter. I don't know why that line grabs me so much. Maybe it's because like in the opposite was ingrained in my head growing up and now I'm in this place from I'm exploring like all the stuff you just said is hits home to me so much because you know I used to be so comfortable with you gotta have the answers. You've got to, you've got to know it's all about knowledge. Like I went to Bible college and seminary to find the answers. You know, now I'm in this place where are there answers? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just that the questions are the most important thing. Exactly. Exactly. A, a guiding motto for me is um, knowledge is in the light and wisdom is in the darkness. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the more That's that good. we can embrace uncertainty, there's, there's wisdom there. I, 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 I'm a mystic and, and really love a lot of the, the mystic writers who, mm. um, you know, they found their treasure in uncertainty, not in yeah. knowledge, not in facts. Yeah. So who are some of the mystic writers who inspire you? Like uh, uh, the big, the big wigs, the big, the Beatles. The big wigs. Um, <laughs> Norwich is I've been studying for yeah. uh, a year now. And yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the Sufi mystics I sure. love. And um, I mean, anyone who, who experiences it, God in this really sensual, like earthly way, I'm just mm-hmm. so so drawn to it always it was taught to me um you know as such an abstract thing so kind of far above above what we're doing on earth and um I just can't get enough of people who who see a lot of beauty um 
you know, it's in, in sacredness of, of the world and material yeah. things that really speaks to me. Yeah. It was, it was all about later, right. It was all about what happens when yeah. you die or what happens right. after this life. And I was like, this life doesn't really matter. <laughs> and it's gross, you know, that, or it's right. bad and it's sinful. And oh my goodness, I've, I, fortunately I've been able to unpack that stuff. But. It sounds like we're setting up for a whole another episode that you and I can do <laughs> to explore <laughs> some of our baggage and have some therapy with each other. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so another piece I wanted to talk to you about is a little bit more personal to me and kind of where I am um, in my life, but it comes from page 45 and just another quote, you talk about winemakers and you say the winemakers devoted to their art are constantly aware that conditions could destroy their tireless work, uh, make the grapes scarce or just skip over a harvest willy nilly. But rather than obsessing over losing their crop, it seems to me that their awareness gives them more attentiveness and reverence for what they've already accomplished. And this section really grabbed me because uh, we have a daughter, her name is Jordan, and she just turned four, uh, four years old. Like it's hard to believe sometimes that I have a four-year-old daughter, <laughs> but that said, I mean, time, time has flown, you know, so fast. And I find myself in these moments where we're, we're playing or I'm pushing her on the swing or we're watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, or we're playing Barbies or whatever. And it feels like the moments are like sand that's just like going through the hourglass. And like I have my hands out and I'm trying to stop it. And I, I can't, there's nothing I could do to make it stop. And rather than focus like on the, I guess on the reverence and having this appreciation for the moment, I find myself like obsessing over, over losing it and knowing that one day, this moment that seems so rich right now is going to be this long distant memory. And as a, as a father who's already, you know, very emotional about his, about his <laughs> little girl, I struggle to like really live fully in the moment while knowing that the moment is moving at like this astronomically fast pace. And so I was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit more about that quote, maybe some stuff about the, the winemakers, how that kind of inspired you, because I know a lot of our listeners have kind of mentioned the same thing, just that, you know, it's hard to live in the moment when your mind is constantly in the future, in the past, you know, regretting all these different things. So respond to that. Gosh, well, that is my specialty to panic as a moment is happening, thinking right. I'm going to miss this so much. Yes. <laughs> um, it's so hard. I mean, that's such a like cruel trick of life is that we have these really boring stretches and then yeah. we'll have these really precious times and we don't really appreciate either for their, you know, what they have to, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> it it's is. so hard to live with nostalgia and all of that and the slipperiness of time. So I wrote that, uh, that piece, I've been thinking about it lately because I've had this whole year of kind of creative slump, like I've really been blocked and, and mm. that, that piece was about, um, a creative slump and it was about kind of my relationship with creativity and, um, which has so many parallels to so many other things in sure, life. And, sure. um, and I, I always thought, you know, a lot of people ask me about my creative process mm -hmm. And I always feel really uncomfortable with that question because I think first, I don't know, it's it's honestly a very spiritual experience for me. Mm -hmm. I get an idea and I write it down. Yeah. And if I knew what my creative process was, I'd be in that all the time. Sure, right. <laughs> in that flow. Like, wheelhouse, <laughs> I'll just live there, right? <laughs> right, if I knew how to summon that, like yeah. I would never stop, but I right. don't because it's, yeah. um, these are ideas that come to me and, 
I used to think, um, you know, when I was writing that, that my, you know, my sweet little ego wanted me to think that this is something that I, I, I summit, that I'm able to harness, mm. you know, this, this um, creativity is kind of this, like, um, this fairy flying around and I can like trap her and, and dominate her and, and make her do things for me. And, um, and I think a lot of people feel that way so that when they're not, um, when they're in a creative slump, they sort of panic. And it was, uh, so I was visiting this vineyard in, in the winter in France, which is a really lovely time to visit a vineyard. It's just like (laughs) skeletal it's like a totally strange it's landscape. like a wasteland right? total wasteland, a wasteland. <laughs> um and the way they talked about these grapes it's like they they work so hard um mm. this you know for a full year and they don't really know what's going to happen like they don't mm. really know if the grapes are going to come they assume because of all the work they put into it but it felt she didn't the winemaker didn't say this but it felt kind of like that spiritual experience of having um, ideas and, and fruit and, um, you know, fertile, like creative fertility. It's like, there's not, there's so many things outside of your control. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that you can really do is be really reverent for it and really humble before it and say, there is, Mm -hmm. I may never have an idea again. And I, you know, I may never feel this way again. That's yeah. entirely possible. I may never have a moment like this again. My daughter will never be four again. Like mm-hmm. all of these things, some with more certainty than others. Yeah. Um, and so to have that reverence, you know, it's, it's the exact opposite of trying to trap it and dominate it and, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that I think a lot of parents probably want their kids to stay really young and will, you know, do various things to keep them from growing. Um, <laughs> and to just like uh, really honor, you know, their agency and me honoring the agency of creativity, honoring yeah, the agency of an idea, you know, that's like, that is a being that is eternal and so, so beyond me and so, um, sacred and to have yeah. it visit me, you know, even once is such a gift. And I don't always think this way. Most of the time I'm complaining, I'm annoyed, <laughs> I'm jealous of people. I'm like, why are they getting all these ideas? And I'm not, yeah. but I think the more humility you can have for these kind of bigger forces, time, ideas, creativity, um, you know, that's when you're going to really pay attention to it and give it your full um, presence, which is when you ultimately do really um, appreciate it and and see the benefits. Yeah. And I think that's so, that's so true. Like, just like you said, you can't, you can't force creativity to happen. You can't force that holy moment of when you have an idea to happen. You also can't, like, I think of my daughter, I can't force those moments to happen. They just kind of fall in my lap. Like there's a time where we play a hundred times a day, but there might be that one time a day where it just feels like this just feels different and you can't summon that. You totally. can't make oh it happen. Gosh, totally. It's just, it just there. Yeah. And I think just living <laughs> in that moment and I've been doing a lot of like mindfulness work lately, like the, like the calm app and the 10% happier app. And just like yeah. a lot of that meditation stuff is really teaching me that, you know, my, my mind is always in the future. My mind is always in the past. I'm worried about tomorrow. I'm regretting something from yesterday. And all the while my body is sitting here in the present moment going, hello, you know, we're, we're here in the moment. And I think just, just trying to, like you said, have reverence for the moment is, 
is easy to say it's hard to do but i think like they call mindfulness a practice perhaps it's a practice it's a it's a journey right it's absolutely a practice yeah Yeah. paying attention is is a (laughs) (laughs) definitely uh something to to practice every day it's really tough that's for sure so last question for you i wanted to ask you if you could speak to the creative people out there. I know you said you don't necessarily enjoy talking about your creativity, <laughs> your, your certain, your, what you do, but uh, if you could, we have a lot of people who listen to this, who, who are creative people. Like we have podcasters who listen. We have a lot of musicians who listen. We have people who are writers, things like that. Everybody trying to do their creative thing. Yeah. And some of the, the, what is like your best, maybe creative advice for the person who's like desperately trying to steward that gift like they're trying Mm -hmm. to use it really well but they're they're working full-time they're raising a family they're trying to pay a mortgage or their rent you know whatever because you know like trying to to focus to trying to time the focus on your creativity when you have ten thousand other responsibilities demanding your attention is like so difficult and i struggle with that myself like you know you 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 find the time to do it maybe maybe you carve out that hour at the end of your day, but you're so exhausted and you're so tired. Like I was going to go to bed. <laughs> we'll just do it all again tomorrow and see if we can make it work tomorrow. But what have you learned about this, this process? Because obviously you've fallen into some kind of niche where you've, you mean, you've written some books, you know, you designed your cover, you do your illustrations, you're putting creative content out there. Uh, so what's some of the best advice you have for us? Oh man. Well, Gosh, I'm always evolving. I mean, I have found a niche, but it's like, it's always changing. (laughs) I have a million insecurities and a million, I mean, everything you were saying really resonated with me even now. From us out here, it looks like you have it all together, Mara. Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) yes, I just, (laughs) my work here is done, showing snippets of my life that make it Um, Yeah, all of that really resonated with me. I think one two things come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, one is to, I think we, like I said earlier, you know, we think about creativity in a really specific way. And we yeah. think if I have this particular gift or inkling or calling or whatever, um, that's the only way to do it. Like there's a, there's a specific way to do it. And when I don't do it that way, it's not that. Yeah. And this past year, like I said, I was just, I mean, I had the most gray, flat, beige, colorless year, like Mm. just no, no sparks, no inspiration. I had nothing to say. And normally I use writing and drawing as a way to kind of process things. So that was Mm. surprising to me. I felt really homesick in my own body because I Mm. missed that. And um, what I had to realize is that creativity was coming to be in so many different ways. And even like texting people is writing (laughs) even writing an email is writing and Mm -hmm. there were all these ways that I actually was being creative I was being really creative with my friendships I was deepening a lot of um acquaintance acquaintances that uh those those relationships and um it wasn't, it didn't look like sitting down at the end of the day and like writing an essay Mm -hmm. at all. It looked like taking little notes. It looked like cooking and having an idea and texting it to a friend. You know, it Mm. looked, there were so many ways that I expressed myself differently. And I just, 
I feel like we think, oh, if I'm a musician, then this looks like writing songs, you know, but mm -hmm. sometimes I'll have these, these like, uh, you know, a year long stretch where I think I am producing nothing. I don't have time, whatever. And I'm not realizing there's so much happening in my brain. Yeah. There's so yeah, much yeah. going on that's going to mm -hmm. come out later. I think of creativity often as like, composting it's like using the scraps of your life to create sure. soil to sure. you know make other things so yeah so if you don't have time to devote an hour a day to your morning pages or whatever that doesn't mean you're not doing the thing you probably are if you're naturally expressive it's going to come out somewhere and, and mm. just you know holding all of that as um you know in your identity as a artist or or whatever not making it so rigid mm -hmm. and then the other thing I would say um which is less about time constraints but more about like perseverance is I got rejected a lot mm -hmm. and every creative person I know has gotten rejected a lot there are very few people who just kind of got plucked from YouTube or whatever right. and onto the stage like right. it's it takes so much grit to keep yeah. going. Yeah. And I've wanted to stop a million times. I have stopped a million times. Mm -hmm. And I think the only thing that's shifted my, um, shifted that, like when I was so ready to be done and mm -hmm. I was, um, you know, telling people, I'm just going to quit. Like no one wants to hear what I have to say. I'm just going to quit, you know, as though that's like a, yeah. I don't know, I'll, I'll show the universe or whatever. Right. I'm going to quit. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, that'll, that's, the, that's the move. Right. Um, coming back to creativity as service mm -hmm. is the only thing that's really kept me going. If you mm -hmm. believe that you have a gift to be in service to others. And I think that's what, what a creative gift yeah. should be. Yeah. Um, that's the thing that has kept me um, persevering and <laughs> saying, okay, maybe I'm not going to publish a book, but I will share my work in another way because mm. I think people need to hear this. Or I have a suspicion that this is going to resonate with one person, mm. which is a lot. Like if you, <laughs> if you resonate with one yeah. person, that's a lot. Um, and so I'm going to, maybe do something on social media or I'm going to mm. get my work out there and in some way I'm going to go uh, make copies of my book and hand them out on the street like Brene Brown used to do and mm. um, you know if you really believe that you have a service to provide you will find a way and I think that's what kept me persevering mm. um, even after tons of rejections and and these uh you know many seasons of creative block. Yeah, I think that's really good. I really like that uh, that first piece that you mentioned because, again, like growing up in the church and in Christianity and Protestant evangelical, like it was, it was always about doing more and like you, you know, your relationship with God had to look a specific way. Like you have to read your Bible every day, you have to go to yeah. church, you have to yeah. tithe, and if you're not doing those things, then your relationship with God is not what it should be. So I think for myself, like I've carried that mentality into so many different places of my life. Like if I'm not doing this, this, and this, I'm not being the father I'm supposed to be. If I'm not doing yeah. this, this, and this, not being the creative person I should be. So I think just that idea, like I wrote down when you were talking that creativity doesn't need to look the way you think it should in order for it to be creative work. And I think for myself, like I often think like with this podcast, like if I'm not, you know, reading, you know, Mari's book two weeks before I have the talk with her, if I'm not have my questions emailed to her, if I don't uh -huh. have 
this blog post written by Wednesday and I, like, then I'm not doing my, my job. I'm not doing my, my creative work, but I think like to, to your point, there's so many other ways that creativity happens throughout the day. Like I work for Apple. And so like having a conversation with a customer about maybe their business and what they, what they need and how they can use our technology to do something different with their work. Like that's creative work in and of itself. And just that having that creativity in my brain will then carry out into the other work that I do in my life. So I, I think that's incredibly freeing. So thank you for that. Oh, sure. I'm <laughs> telling, telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And perseverance too. I mean, it's so easy, like you said, I mean, to give up when you hear a no and uh, yeah. even when you get criticism, right? I mean, this yeah. oh podcast gets criticism <laughs> all the time from left yeah. field and right yeah. field. And it's easy sometimes to be like, well, I'll show you, I'll just give up. Like that's right. But that's just not. Right. That's yeah. not the move. Yeah. yeah. So good. Well, hey, we are just about out of time. I got a clock back in from lunch shortly, <laughs> uh, but this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to join me. Thanks, Glenn. And thanks so much for reading my book. I so appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And real quick, uh, where can people go online to, to find you and interact with some of your work? Um, you can find my books at my website, bymariandrew.com. And I'm on Instagram at bymariandrew. Awesome. Well, I will put the links uh, in the show notes and uh, I will interact with you on social media. Thank you so much. <laughs> this was really fun. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing through sunshine and rain. Stressing over everything, losing your brain. Fit back up yourself before you go insane. Levitate on the times that you got the rain. Times are tough on being honest. We can see the light, just remain modest. Uh, can't forget just a day reminder. Life's a little short and take off the blinds. Be a little wiser. Build my own future. I'm the pathfinder. CMG is a team with a franchise. Uh, impacted by the worst decisions. Breaking bad habits on the repetition. What you getting to now? Gave too many chances. In the bad condition, but it's not the ending. Get yourself together, got no time for reminiscing. I just want this all to live life. enough to stop never spent a lot of hours on the clock i'm trying to pop locked in the stock room it will remind me of my thoughts i got a whole lot of product in the box i'm trying to drop what you got i got a whole lot of product you can cop yeah pennies for my thoughts a lot of commas a lot of commas Count it's it. hard staying conscious when the problem's making profit still fly just flying in the opposite of what a flock is the most high riding in the cockpit he told me for the autopilot hit the top switch yeah. kamikaze dropping knowledge i'm just honest no i'm not a prophet but i profit off a of promise God said stop knocking and unlock it. I'm what happens when a janitor meets the locksmith. You know that common sense ain't common. So don't pick cotton, pick college. And that's knowledge. No worries, we gon' win. Several fell the tips right back up again to the end. Added to the wheels fall off. Ain't no time to be complacent, you we get knocked off. My pleasure, you gonna thank me later. Can't forget about the other side for the haters. Closer than you think, this is nothing that we make up. But the dead weight, we'll open the floodgates. Wait, 
First things first, gotta learn to have patience. Doesn't mean sitting all your life, all the waiting. Minute that you quit, this is second that you're failing. Bounce back from a setback, then you sailing. We on our way to the yellow brick road. Gotta suffer consequences that we win when we sow. Let nothing get in the way when we get in the zone. Can be afraid to admit we're not right and we're wrong. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>